Welcome to the TurfNet Renovation Report brought to you by Golf Preservations and the Andersons. I'm Anthony Piappi, your host. Joining me today is Rob Collins. He is the principal designer of King Collins Golf Course Design and a, a, a longtime friend of mine. Well, yeah, a longtime friend of mine. Rob, welcome to the show. <laughs> Did you say one time or no, long no, time? No, long, long time. time. I was just thinking how long I know you. We're long-time friends. Yeah, I was about to say, you better have said long time. <laughs> I don't, did, did, did something happen that I don't know about? So we talked to, to your partner, Tad King. We talked. He, he regaled us with stories of moving dirt in uh, Egypt and Morocco and Ugh. Jordan, stuff like that, which is just, it's just entertaining, and he tells a great story. But for people who don't know, you, are, you guys are the guy who did um, – uh, Sweetens Cove, fantastic nine-hole golf course uh, in South Pittsburgh, Tennessee, that I absolutely love, uh, and I have it in two books. Both of, two of my books have you right. talk about your golf course. Two books, and uh, and you are you are the guy that that are teamed up with uh, Zach Blair to do the Buck Club when the money gets raised for yep. that. And then yep. the big eighteen-hole project you're working on right now is in Homer, Nebraska, called Landman. That's correct. Yeah, Landman, L-A-N-D-M-A-N-D, which is Danish for farmer, and the, the D's in, in Landman are silent. Uh, my my client, the Andersons, are of Danish descent, so it's a it's a cool name and a really unbelievable project. It's the big one for us, good as, as we say. And you've done some work at Signal Mountain. Yep, done a little bit of work at Signal Mountain. Did a master plan for them. Had a lot of fun with our friend Pat Rose up there. Yeah. And we also, uh, <clears throat> last year about this time, we built a, a cool little practice facility from them, which, yeah. which was really good. We we, we really kind of partnered up with the with the maintenance guys, and um, and kind of we all kind of pitched in and, and put it together. And it was a it was a labor of love. It was a tough project, even for a small project. It was so wet last year. We. We kind of struggled to get through it, but we finally did. It was that, that was fun to do. Yeah, I had him on the podcast to talk about that, and that's what he said. Our, the, yeah, our, yeah, I remember. Yeah, I remember he did. It was just insane. It was like a one month project that turned into a three month project because it rained every day. Right, that's what he was saying. That there was just there was nothing you could do. You just had to sit there and wait. And it's one of those just, nightmare just, scenarios. Sit there and just stare at it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you'd have like you'd have like a two day window, and we'd go do a bunch of stuff, and then we're like, okay, let's get it to where it won't like completely melt and then right. we'll come back in four or five days and it was it was pretty wild but right. it was uh, it was fun working with him of course and we were happy with the way that turned out so it's good and what but what i want to talk to you about is you have two projects that are that are interesting from a from an architect standpoint you have this uh, nine hole course in uh, i believe, believe it's pronounced accord new york it's spelled like accord the car and you have this this 12 hole course um, in Jackson, Mississippi, and both of those are going to be built on existing 18-hole courses. So you're turning an 18 into a 9 and an 18 into a 12. And let's, we, since a court is further along, let's talk about that first. From a, from a designer's, designer's mindset, when you get to a project like that, you have whole quarters, but you have, obviously, I've been to the, I've been to the New York site and there were some not very good holes and you guys did some, have done some wonderful things there. But, how do you go about looking at a project like that and going, I'm going to reduce, I'm going to reduce this to nine holes. Well, it's was, it was pretty funny. So the, our opportunity in New York came, came about 100% because of the, the New York times article that Dylan DeChair wrote in 2017. Our, our clients are a, a group out of Manhattan and they happened to read that article and Lee, our, our primary client said, I'm going to 
file this article away and call these guys when the time is right. And he called us and he, and he said, Hey, look, we've got this property. It's an 18 hole golf course and we want to turn it into a nine hole golf course and repurpose the, the other nine for, you know, some, some other amenities and cabins and a boutique hotel and walking trails and so forth. And he said, you know, we want you guys to come up. And this was, this was about, uh, two winters ago, I think is, is when we first went up there and, Tad and I looked at the golf course on, on Google earth and we were like, okay, well let's, when we do it, let's, let's try to get this one, this one nine that was kind of up in the Hills and <laughs> everything. And, you know, pretty scenic. And we got there and we said, Hey, we'd, we'd like to use this nine. They're like, no, no, we want you to use this other nine down here in the Valley. And um, <laughs> we're going to use this. And we were like, okay, well that's cool. I mean, it's, you know, still a great opportunity, yep. but there were, you know, we had a very, defined and scope of work and, and a place in which we could work. And Tad and I are big fans of quote unquote, going cross country and mixing up an, an existing routing, not necessarily following the, the corridors and, and using our creativity to kind of create interesting holes. But one thing that was difficult and as that course kind of gets rolled out this year, people will you know start to visit it and see it and, one of the, the main things is there's about, I guess, like five or six real long linear ponds that border some of the holes. And the biggest design and construction challenge was to really mitigate their impact on play. Right. Um, those ponds were, were built uh, when the course was originally built back in the 70s. They dredged this real low-lying area, flipped all that dirt and material up onto the, the greens and, and fairways and they kind of had these big crown fairways and everything sloped down into the pond. And, um, so we had a big task in front of us. We don't want to have people losing balls. We like width. And so we had to, to do some pull little tricks, you know, out of our hat to, to make it, make it work. But, um, you know, I think that's one thing I'm most proud of that I think we accomplished up there was using what was a, you know, less than ideal routing, we, which we were, more or less stuck with on six of the holes because right. you just you're in between ponds I and mean, you you had to stick with those corridors um in in making those playable and then the other three holes number one two and three we actually they they sit up a little bit higher and we did um take the opportunity to, to go cross country there and so those are all new kind of original holes and um we did some fun fun creative stuff there and then we kind of tied into the main um, main stretch with the other six that, that kind of follow the traditional or original routing. So it was I just kind of, I mean, to answer your question, it basically just varies from, from project to project. And then on this Jackson one, our clients like, I don't care where you go. I mean, you know, he, he needed, we knew we weren't going to do 18 because there was, he, we had about 75, 80 acres to work with. And so we came up with that. Let's do 12 with these returning loops and, he didn't care which direction we went. Right. So that one really right. does go cross country all over the place. Uh, to get back to a court for a second, the one in New York, when I walked it with Tad, he was showing me, he he had moved the, the by that time, the, the ferries had been, been recontoured. But to to really get people to understand, I mean, there was one hole where the, the, the dredge, that the muck that came out of those ponds was mounted so mm -hmm. high, you couldn't see the landing zone of the fairway. And then the fairway yeah. canted so that either went into the pond or a brook. And it was like it was yeah. it was this like nineteen yeah. seventies golf course that just beat you up. 
Oh, it just would, would absolutely kill you. I mean, it was very, very, very penal. Um, you know, not a lot of strategic interest. And yeah, if you just imagine, you know, if you're listening to this, you know, imagine coming out of a pond and then a, a fill going up, 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 you know, three, four, five percent to a crown, like in the middle of the fairway, right, right. and then it going off on the other side. And it's like, if you hit off center, I mean, you're, and it was dry, I mean, you basically were going to wind up in the water. So, um, what we had, we basically did a lot of deflating of the balloon out there. I mean, we <laughs> kind of took the air out of, you know, basically like stuck a, a pin in, in a lot of these fairways and, and, and elevated, you know, features that were kind of overbuilt and, and, you know, tried to bring them down to the ground a little bit more and, and make it tie in and, and, and work and make sense and get less, much less penal. We, we created some, you know, areas of containment and swales and things that'll, that'll help contain balls and keep people in play. And so people are having fun and enjoying themselves rather than getting the ball retriever out. Yeah. I, and he, there's, you know, when he was pointing out to you, or Tad pointed out to me that when the, when you, when you guys start to do work around the ponds about how many golf balls were found in the pond. You know, oh, and, and, um, I mean, that's insane. Yeah. And, and this wasn't a course that was doing 50,000 rounds a year either. I mean, this is kind of, you know, you're, 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 you're out of the way where, where you are, you know what I mean? And, and it's not like, yeah. and, it's, and, it, and it was great. I mean, and that's the kind of thing from seventies design or fifties on that baffles me sometimes is you build this really kind of like this community golf course in a way that everybody's playing because it's really mm -hmm. the only one around. And then you just make it really difficult. I just never got that. You know, whenever, I don't, I, I, to, the, to this day, I don't get it. I mean, golf is a, a sport. It's, it's supposed to be challenging, but you're, it's a, it's a leisure activity. I mean, you should right. enjoy it. Why, unless you're a sadomasochist, I mean, why would you want to just go out and feel bad about yourself? Right. And, and, and like you said about with the collection areas and the bunkers with Tad and I were talking about that is that the way you guys design this is balls. It's going to be very difficult in a lot of situations to get balls to the water now off the back of greens, there's that's, collection areas and there's bunkers and to keep the ball in mm -hmm. play. That's exactly right. I mean, our goal was to make it where if you were in the water, you basically had to go so far off on you had to land it in the water. Right. You know, you're not going to just roll in the water anymore. And um, that, that'll really help keep balls in play. And um, we were, we were able to get wider in spots and um, you know, it'll, it'll really, really help with playability and our, in our new kind of cross country holes, number one and number two, kind of like number seven and eight at Sweden share a fairway. That's probably 150 yards right. wide. So, right. you know, if, if you can't hit that, I'm, I'm sorry, but we can't be, of, we can't be of service anymore. Um, so when you said you use six hole quarters, did you keep the par the same on those six holes or did you vary it? Like, are you putting um, a par five where the, there was a par five, that kind of thing, you know? Yeah, I'm trying, exactly. I'm trying to remember exactly. So, number four was, yeah, is a five, yeah, three. They did actually, yeah, they did maintain the par. Right. Yep. I thought yep. so. Looking back it at it, I'm, just, I'm going through the routing. Other than one, two, and three, I'm going back through the routing and thinking that that was right, but I just wanted to be sure. Yeah, no, that's, and that's a good question, but I had to think about it for a second because. I was thinking number four might have been a par four originally, but I think it was a, was a, uh, a par five. But, um, yeah, it 
that's just kind of the way it, it worked out. But they're not like the holes that were there before. That's for sure. Right, right. And I saw, and for people who, you know who want to get a, an idea, if you look on Google Earth, you really can see what was there. I mean, you have an accurate accurate view, and then that's you exact, see the new photos and stuff. That's exactly right. You'll be yeah. able to see what's there. Now, Tad sent me some photos last week of, you know, when I was up there, it was all dirt. There literally wasn't a blade of grass growing. <laughs> and so What we month it, were you up there, like in August or September or something like yeah, that? Yeah, I think September. And, uh, yeah. and I got, so I got a good look, obviously. And, you know, but like I said, like I said to him, uh, no matter how many projects like that I've been on, and I think I can imagine what a course looks like grassed. And once it's grassed, it looks, you know what I mean? The The width and the the depth and all mm-hmm. of it just is different than what's in my mind. I get the holes. I know where we're going. I know where the bunkers are, but it's just, uh-huh. it looks so cool. And the photos look fantastic. Yeah, no, we, we had some good drone photos come out um, from our, our superintendent up there, Anthony Manetti, uh, sent us some in number one, two, and three, the first three holes that were, or sorry, one and two, the first two holes that were grassed um, are really starting to green up. And, and you can, I mean, you can tell it's a golf course. Right. So, uh, that was that was encouraging and fun to see. We're we're ready for spring to get here, so we can get back up there and finish that thing. Right. For anyone who's in, interested in checking it out, if you Google R O N D O U T Rondout Golf Course in Accord, New York, you'll see. Uh, the, obviously, you'll see the old satellite imagery, but um, give you a sense of, of what we were working with and make make what you're listening to will make a little more sense. Right. See that. And and for people who know Sweetens, this really is the, a sister course to Sweetens as far as the way the balls the, the way the balls gonna be played on the ground and the and the movement in the greens. Is that correct? Would you agree with that? Yeah, absolutely. That's I totally agree with that. In fact, um, we had a couple of people nickname it the the back nine, um, <laughs> <laughs> which is which is pretty funny. Yeah. Um, you know, our 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 charge from our client was was pretty clear. They said, look we want the Sweetens Cove effect. We, we know you guys pushed the envelope down there and, and did some, you know, out of the box kind of wild, fun things. We, we really, that's what we want here too. And, um, and so we're like, okay, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> sounds, sounds good to us. And, and, and so we, we kind of, we turned it loose a little bit and, um, tried to give them a lot of the, you know, same type of shots and feelings that you have around the greens. Um, and, you know, just it's a, there's a lot of creativity involved. Play it on the ground. Um, it should play really firm and fast. I mean, we added a ton of drainage. Yep. Um, you know, a lot of situations where you can play away from holes and have the ball kind of come around, uh, you know, avoiding hazards and, you know, thinking strategically on each shot. So it's got a lot of those same elements. It, it's We're really excited about it. And you tapped into Alistair McKenzie on one of your greens, didn't you? Oh boy, <laughs> big time! Yeah, talk about that. Uh, the, the, so, the the third green and the sixth green. The the third is kind of a long uphill uh, reverse Redan par three, and you can throw it way out on on the left hand side and, and trickle the ball down. And our sixth hole is a par four that comes in at a perpendicular angle to the third and. Uh, the six is a par four and the, the six green and the third green are connected. And so basically when you're playing into six, you've, you, it, your backdrop is this gigantic 
ramp that goes up that's that <laughs> the kicker for number three. Right, right. And when I say gigantic, I mean, it's really gigantic. I mean, th- this green from the lowest point on six to the highest point on three is, I mean, you saw it. It's probably 20 feet of elevation change. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. You're not overstating. You're not overstating. Absolutely sounds insane. And yep. it's like, well, that's going to be completely unplayable. Um, <laughs> why would you ever do something right. like that? But it's the way it's so big and, you know, the, the, the part that climbs way up on the high um, is really just meant to be a kicker. I mean, that's not it's supposed to be a playable part of the green, but the way it all works out and flows, I mean, it, it will be completely playable. But visually, it's it's going to be going to be pretty pretty stunning i think yeah i i, I agree just i mean looking at it i've never seen i've never seen a green like it looking at it in the uh just in the dirt it's stunning you know what i mean that's why i'm kind of like i want to see it with grass on it <laughs> I know. yeah no i can't wait i can't wait I, and and do you have talk about if you want an, another hole out there that people are gonna you know people think will like will love you know, we like to, I, I think that golf, Tad and I think that golf is, you know, basically comprised of a lot of little mini experiences. I was talking to somebody about this yesterday and, you know, some of the experiences are small and it's not something that you may even notice on a conscious level. It may, may affect you in a subconscious way. And as you work your way around the golf course, it can, all these little things that you notice or don't notice, but are maybe affecting you on a subconscious level you know, create a certain feel at the end of the day. And so we like to kind of tie pieces together and create impressions and experiences. And right off the bat, when you're standing on number one tee, you look over at at number nine green, um, which is connected to the putting green, which is connected to two green. And if you've ever played Sweeten's Cove, the um, fourth green out there with the the king green is 20,000 square feet. Um, this megaplex that we have there with the putting green and the number two green and, and number um, number nine is, is like around 40,000 square feet. I mean, it's double the size. It's, right. it's just gigantic. And it's these just rambling contours and it all ties together and flows together. So, you know, you start to get this feel of, of anticipation when you're standing on one, you're like, wow, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to get back around there. And I, I really like how you kind of come off of one, you know, you go up to number two tees and and then you're looking back down towards where you, where you just came from. And you, and it's a, it's a downhill shot and you see this just, you know, sea of contours right, and, right. and movement. It's just really, really neat. And then you know that it's going to come around on number nine. Um, and I just think that, you know, little things like that, build anticipation and interest and keep you entertained and keep you engaged. Right. Um, and it's, you know, those, those are the kind of things that get me excited. And I think that, I think that, that, that that's going to leave a pretty big impression. It's especially since you start your around there and you finish your around there, um, you know, you should kind of have the hair on the back of your neck up a little bit, knowing that you're going to get to experience that, that cool green complex right. a couple of different times. And and you know what else I discovered when I was up there that you this you, this golf course is going to share with Sweetens is it has a sister golf course the way you guys do with um, with Sewanee this Mohawk Mountain uh, golf course. Oh my gosh, system. what a what a cool place, huh? Twenty seven hundred yards from the back. I played it after I walked I out. Twenty seven hundred. It goes dates back to eighteen ninety seven. 
Uh, I was talking to a friend of mine, fellow researcher named Brett Lawrence, and he thinks, who does a lot of research on Robert Pride, I guess Robert Pride redesigned it in the early 1900s, and Robert Pride is probably the father of Connecticut golf. They, the uh, the Connecticut, amateur US, uh, Connecticut men's amateur trophy is named after him. He was the golf coach at Yale for a long time. He did a bunch of golf course designs. The original New Haven Country Club, which has been changed. The, there was a New Haven Golf Club, but uh, Orange Hills, which still exists, is his. And so it, it's so much fun. And I didn't realize until I got done. Do you know that there's no shot on that golf course where you hit to the same level as what you're on? You're either playing up or down on your tee shots and your approaches. <laughs> in tw- yeah, nine holes, 2,700 yeah. yards, and you never hit a level shot. It is so much fun. That's so cool. And you yeah. can play it about it's an hour cool and a half. Place. Oh, my God. Yeah. So people coming from New Poles so awesome. and stuff are going to have to drive by the golf course to get to to, <laughs> to yards. <laughs> and, I mean, why not stop yeah. it? And it's so funny because the pro shop and the parking lot are on one side of the road, and the entire golf course is on the other side of the road. Yep. And then the yep. Lake Mohawk. Yeah, why not, why not play, play both? Yeah, and then yeah. go. You can, yeah, exactly. And go play. I mean, it's just – it's yeah. like I drove by it, and I'm on the way, and I was like, wait a minute. And I stopped. I had my clubs in my car, and I went and played, and it was just a blast. And I watched some other people play, and it, it's just, it's just great. I mean, I, it's it, it's going to be a bonus. It's going to be two courses that who people who like that style of golf are just going to be just going to fall in love with. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so Rob, let's do this. Let's take a quick break from uh, for our sponsor, from our sponsor, and uh, we'll be right back. Introducing Genesis RX five seven five a comprehensive fertility and soil amendment product from the Andersons, specifically developed for construction, renovation, aerification, sprigging, sodding, and seeding. This blend of dispersing granule, DG, components provides the most comprehensive fertilizer the Andersons has ever offered, with the goal of providing a single product solution designed to save time and application and reduce fertility program complexity. For a limited time, take advantage of a special introductory offer for more information on Genesis RX575, visit startwithgenesis.com. From green strainage to sod work, Golf Preservations can handle your project with ease and give you the peace of mind that know the professionals are caring for your valuable golf course assets. Visit golfpreservations.com or call 606-499-2732 to talk to us directly about your next project. Okay, we're back on the TurfNet Renovation Report. My guest is Rob Collins, the principal designer for King Collins Golf Course Design. Uh, Rob, let's talk about the second course now that you're converting an 18-hole course. It's this yet-to-be-named course in, uh, in Jackson, Mississippi. Tell me about this project. So this is an interesting project. I've, I've found out about uh, from Will Bardwell that there was this old public golf course in in Jackson, Mississippi called Colonial Country Club that at one time was a, a thriving course that, you know, didn't make it through the, the recession. And um, he said, you know, if you ever got a chance to, you know, found an investor who wanted to do it or something, it'd be really cool if that happened. And completely separately out of the blue, we got a, a call from our, our client, the, the man who owns it, Luke uh, Grisco uh, from Baton Rouge. He had, bought the property uh as an investment and he reached out to us and um we went and saw it and just fell in love with this really cool kind of rolling terrain it almost parts of it almost look like texas hill country it's just kind of got this nice rolling terrain and we had about 
I'd say about 80 acres or so to work with. And, uh, we just, and we pitched Luke on the idea of doing a 12 hole course, you know, rather than nine, let's do something a little bit different and give you a little bit more flexibility where people could come out on a lunch break and play three holes. They could play nine holes. They could play 12. They could play 18. They could play the two nines twice. They could play all day. Um, so they're, you know, they're, it's going to be a public course and they're planning to have a, you know, a number of different offerings for you, kind of a menu where you can pick and choose exactly, exactly what you want to do. And, you know, similar to, to Sweetens and the course up in New York and, uh, you know, it'll have a lot of variety, a lot of shot making interest and, you know, cool little bits of flair here and there to, to make you think and, it should be we're very excited about it. i'm actually working on the plan right now so so did you actually say did you actually was this one of your goals we want to have these different loops that's correct yeah we felt like that was important for the client and just for the golfer too to be able to you know have people be able to go out and you know, go out on a lunch break or, you know, if they only had a very small amount of time, be able to, you know, get out from the clubhouse and be back in 20 or 30 minutes, uh, but, and get right. a little bit of golf in, um, and, and just give people that option. You know, they don't, they don't have to take it, but at least it's there. You know, they, you could play, you could play six holes. You could play that three hole loop twice. You know, there's, there's a lot of different things right. you could do. So it's just kind of a idea of trying to put, put as much flexibility as possible into a, compact piece of property that would yield as much of a return and uh, is possible for our client. So it, it return in both in terms of, you know, financial and also in a return and in, in what the course offered, you know, being multidimensional. You know, um, Mike Nuzzo has designed a golf course like that in Cleveland, Texas. I did a, he's in, uh, I wrote about it in uh, the finest nines where the the owner of this this real estate development wanted a course that was you know part of for entertainment in a good way i mean that's a mm-hmm. something for his people you know people in the in the in the development to do and so he's got he has three different routings in in the golf course and i think it's genius i think it's something that's a little overlooked that i think designers pre world war 2 did you walk out and you see these three right. hole four hole loops that come back to the go- to the clubhouse and it's very interesting mm-hmm you, you know how they did that that i don't think that's an accident you know no i don't think it is either i mean you you, you know you heard you know, if you read some of the golden age literature you know you hear about a course within a course and you know yep. the, the, having flexibility and um i think that you know what mike did there and kind of what we're noodling on for jackson is you know harkens back to those concepts from a from a, from a while ago that i think are tried right. and true and, and tested you know and, and really work. So it's fun. We, we had a project that never happened up in Fernie, British Columbia, that was going to be called the Montaigne club on a really spectacular piece of ground. And our, our client was interested in the same thing. And the way we ended up routing it, it had, it had these returning loops all throughout it. I mean, there was a bunch of different ways you could play it. You could play three holes, six holes, and <laughs> 12 holes. It was, it was really kind of cool. And I, I think it's fun to, experiment with those type, types of idiosyncrasies in the, in a, in a routing process. And what was the, what was the, or what is the existing course like in Jackson? It's, um, it's, it's really interesting. It's almost like entering into a post-apocalyptic 
<laughs> hellscape in a way. I mean, it's, um, it's a, it's a really neat piece of land, but, but you walk these old fairways and it's just a, it's a golf course that's not being maintained anymore. I mean, there's, right. there's, a, there's deer running around everywhere, um, which is fine, but <laughs> you know, there probably weren't that many there when, when it was, there, there were people out there and, you know, you see these old, like there's a, a call box for sandwiches when you come off the, by yeah. the tee off on nine and like the telephone's still there. And yep. there's like two chairs. It looked like maybe there was, they were, they're like sitting next to the ninth fairway. Like maybe that was where, uh, um, the ranger used to sit, like they're just still sitting right. there. And, um, you know, you can see where some of the bunkers were in the greens. And one thing that's interesting is a lot of times where the bunkers were, there's willow trees growing out of them. I think there's more moisture, you know, <laughs> obviously if somebody dug a hole in the ground, um, yep. and it's, you know, nature's taken over and it's, you can it's bizarre, see, you, it? you, it's bizarre. It's very strange. And it's, you're, you're, you know, you're in a city, but it's completely isolated. And if you feel like you walked into somebody's house where there's a, a pot of still warm water on the stove, kind of, <laughs> it's strange. I just had that experience, that experience. I was down in, uh, Florida out, outside of Lake Wales, there's a Styles Van Cleek course that just oh shut down. Oh, my out. gosh. And it's the same kind of thing. I mean, the T markers uh, are still on the tees. Yeah. The, you go to the maintenance facility, and there's seed ready to go for whatever that year's yeah. overseeding was. Mm -hmm. There's equipment there, and all the tires are flat, not because they're going to be poked a hole because they just lost air over time. Yeah. And you're looking at these great green complexes. It was part of the Florida Historic Golf Trail. Oh, you man. see the bunkering. You go back and you go back and look at the photos. What a golf course! And like you said, it's like somebody walked out, closed. It's like post-apocalyptic. Like something happened and everybody just disappeared. I mean, you really. I, I was really surprised doors were locked. You know what I mean? Like I really thought I was gonna be able to walk into the pro shop. I know. Because it's, when it's, you see what was there, it's just. It's so it's odd. Weird. I mean, you, it's very weird. And you think about what it would be like for a place to actually run out of money. And I thought my first thought was like, well, I'm kind of surprised they didn't come out here and like get, and I'm like, well, wait a second. They ran out of money and they didn't, you know, people lost their jobs. They lost their, their livelihood. I mean, of course they didn't come out right. and get these chairs or they didn't come like get this telephone off of the call box because it wasn't necessary anymore. They had other things to do and other things to worry about. Right. And it just, it's just abandoned. And it's, it's a really, I think it's an important project because, you know, there's really no, there's not a lot of public options in Jackson. Um, okay. Right now there's basically none. I think there's another course outside of Jackson that's um, just now about to open. Um, but other than that, I mean, there's just not a whole lot there. There's a, you know, there's things that are 30, 40 minutes outside town, but nothing in town, like for a pretty right. decent sized city. I mean, it's the capital of the state and there's nothing in town. That's kind of odd. And um, right, right. And the the great part about it is, is that there's a lot of golfers in Jackson. There's a, there's a, a need for it. So we know that it'll it'll work and it'll thrive. You know, golf in in the right place can really do well. And that I think this will be a game changer for for Jackson. And you know, there's a, and it's got to be affordable, da privately very, owned, very, affordable yeah, daily fee. Exactly, right? very affordable. And um, you know, I think one thing that's going to be interesting too is that even though there's some pretty, some very strong private clubs in the area, um, 
you know, I think a lot of their members are going to come out there and, you know, play at our place when, you know, maybe their place for place is busy or they want to change a pace. Um, I think it's going to be a, a interesting mix of, of, of people out there. It's, it's you know, you're going to get, get a lot of different types of golfers, and it'll be really hope hopefully uh, rejuvenate golf in, in that that area for sure. And are you going cross country on this project? Yeah, on we're yeah exactly. We're kind of going all over the place. We didn't. We only respected. I think like maybe one or two corridors, um, the first yep. hole and the last hole kind of play along similar areas, but kind of start in different places. Um, everything else pretty much just goes here and there. Um, we just kind of went out and routed it and found what we felt like were interesting green sites and a good combination of holes. And, um, so it was, it was a fun routing process and really, um, excited to, you know, get the, get the design into our client and, you know, hopefully the fundraising will go well and we'll be building it soon. Is that, is that, it's, are you at that point now that we're just looking to raise money? That's exactly right. Yep. Yeah. There's a, there's going to be a fundraising stage and that'll be, you know, done off the back of, uh, you know, the strength of our concept and in our notes for the, for the design and so forth. He'll, he'll raise some money and, um, you know, based on the interest that, that came back after Will Bardwell's article, um, I just don't think I don't think it's going to be a problem at all. Right. There, and, there's and because a, of existing because of existing courts, not much permitting problems. It shouldn't be any issue at all. No. Right. Yeah, it shouldn't be an right. issue at all. Yep. And that's another thing about you know, re, re, repurposing a golf course. A lot of times, you can, you know, avoid some of the pitfalls that you might otherwise encounter right right you know i've been frequently asked this and and people say to me do you think there's in the future do you think there's a future for 12 hole golf courses for 11 huh. hole golf courses and i i do right i want to say that there is that if people get them in the ground mm-hmm. that if if they're going to be fun to play it's really interesting that you're building one because it's not it's not coming do you know what i mean like developers would rather build a golf course that has 12 really good holes and six bad holes because they want eighteen holes than mm-hmm. to just build twelve really good holes. So, yeah. what's your thought? I mean, do you do you see developers? This is a question I think more towards the Northeast too, because we're so landlocked and we have we're so tight on our uh, on our permitting process, and you know you need to stay away from water course water courses and all that. Maybe that is what happens. But do, do you think we can get people to understand the twelve holes are just fine? I definitely do, and and, and I wouldn't even you know characterize it just as a 12 holes or nine holes. It might, who knows? It might be 15 holes. It might be six holes. Um, oh, sure. You know, I, and, and, I, and I think that's, you know, definitely what you're alluding to, but um, particularly with, you know, these two courses that we're working on, it makes sense a lot of times from a development standpoint to repurpose one number into another number um, because you can then utilize part of the property to, you know, have a revenue producing entity that maybe isn't related to golf. Maybe there's a housing component or, um, commercial space or something that can help the client out to make, make the numbers work. So I think that absolutely it's, it, we're going to see more of it. Um, because number one, people, um, I think are looking for ways to get, you know, have a quick, quick fix. And, and number two, it's a way to, to make the, make the dollars work too. 
So it makes sense. And I think it, I think it's really, I think it's really interesting that for me, that when you're trying to get people to play the game, that if you do, you have this thing where, you know, the front, you know, the, let's say nine holes worth plays 2000 yards or less 1500 yards. You get kids who come out and play from the front tees and play three holes and that's enough for them. And that's great because they play. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And that, that's a kind of a fun thing to think about. And you know, the, the three holes on the, the Jackson loop, the, the first three holes, we thought, well, we've got to make it a three, four and a five because you need to get a taste of everything. <laughs> you know, you really need to get a taste of everything. We don't want to just have like three, right. 400 yard par fours in a row. I mean, that'd be pretty boring. Wouldn't right. It? So, right. Right. Um, right. So that, that's, that's what we, that's what it is. It's a, it starts out as a reachable par five, um, just kind of a fun, short uh, par three to a double green and then a, and then a par four coming back. So right. um, it's, you get a little bit of everything. Um, and, you know, like you said, it could be, it could be set up. We're going to, we're not really going to have defined tee boxes out there. So, you know, you could, ju- we'll have a little flat spot up in the fairway somewhere where, you know, you could play at it. Just, a, you know, the, the par for a kid could, you know, the par five could play as, you know, 400 yards and the next hole, a hundred and the next one, sure. 300 or whatever. And, um, you know, make it appropriate for, for age and skill level. And there'll be a lot of variety in between. So. And you know, and you know, the other point that happens to me when you repurpose 18 holes is you get these 18 holes that had no practice areas and then you get, <laughs> and you build a nice range, you build a, you know, a, and a range is revenue producing. Mm-hmm. And then you build a nice short game area and you build a putting green and people from, especially if it's in a community, if it's a municipal golf course can just go, and and pot, you know what I mean, or chip, absolutely, or absolutely. Go big, get a bucket of balls. I mean, I, you know. Well, you see that it, it, it you know, at the Winter Park course. I was um, just going to say, it, right? You know, they they the, they did a that really cool putting green, and of course, that's you know, very community centric um, facility, and um, I think that's been you know hugely popular to have have something like that where people can just kind of go out at five or six in the afternoon and mess around, even if they're not going to like play a whole round it's just something to do uh, yeah the one time that i was out there I was you know you're coming i was walking the golf course and you come around and there's two people they call it the back nine because there's nine cups cut in the in the group oh, yeah, and there's two people right. out there playing they're sharing i think it was a father and daughter and i'm guessing the daughter was like in her 20s and the dad's in his 50s they're sharing a putter they're definitely not golfers and they're having a blast that's cool. And it's like, yeah, that's really good, you know? Like, I think at lunch hour or whatever, they went over and just putted. And I was that's like, really that's really cool. That's really cool. Right. I mean, that's the way that people talk about how do you grow the game? How do you reach other groups that don't normally golf? It's like that. It started the putting green, you know, and the driving yeah. range and that. Yeah. Let them just go have fun. And then, and then the next step is just go play three holes. You don't have that's to play right. nine or 18 right. or whatever. Absolutely. Just go play three holes. Absolutely. I, I, had, a, I had a guy um, – approached me at the PGA show last week with an idea. He wanted to entertain the idea of hiring us and a couple other groups to possibly do like a, like a putt putt course, but like, you know, like, but on grass and like, we come up with like these crazy little, like, you know, you could have like a Redan, (laughs) you know, putt putt hole. And, um, right. I thought it was, a great idea. I mean, if you got a couple, two, three design firms to come together and yeah. have like this, you know, huge, you know, putting facility, and maybe there's a bar there and 
it's just a, it's almost, oh, it's sure. like a, it's like a, basically like a, I think the concept is sort of like top golf, but putting, you know, and, right. um, but, but on real grass. And so it's very social and it's, you know, got these, um, you know, fun holes and different kind of shots you can right. hit and stuff. And, you know, kind of a, a new take on a, in a, on an old theme. Um, I think, you know, little things like that can be fun too. So. There's a there's a course in the town next to me in Meriden, Connecticut called um, Hunter. It's an Alza course redesigned of a Robert Pride. There's Robert Pride's name again. It's it's not, architecture. It's not a very good golf course, but they have a fifteen thousand square foot putting green. And I haven't been there in a while, but it, they used to have the the restaurants next door. To it. They had a floodlight on the green, and so people would get done there their rounds, go. go get a few cocktails, and then just go out to the putting green. Yep. Or chip all night, or you know, you could bring a six pack, and nobody cared. That's and you right. just kind of hit shots, and 15,000 square feet is huge. And so you practice short putts, you practice long putts, all that, and it's the same kind of thing. It became very social because then if five of us showed up, then obviously there's going to be a chipping contest. There's going to be a yep. putting contest. Yep. You know, when it becomes that, it becomes a social event, and the bottom line is you, it, amidst it all, you're practicing. You know? Absolutely. Yeah, and, and we did that with Hit <clears throat> Sweetens this year. We One of our upgrades with the new group that came in is – built this 20,000 square foot, you know, crazy Himalayas green that, that's a lot of fun. And they, there's a, a light pole that's been erected that, you know, shines light out on the, on the green and we do stuff at night and, and people love it. It's, it's added a whole nother dimension to the Sweetens Cove experience. So we've seen it there yeah. too. It's people, people reacted really well to that. Night putting with the dean's daughter, isn't that? That's exactly uh, right. With Mitch <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're going to end this whole thing right there with a quote from with a quote from Caddyshack. Okay, that's right. Great talking to you. All right, that concludes today's episode. I want to thank uh, Rob Collins from King Collins Golf Course Design for spending some time with us. If you want to see the projects that they're working on, you just head over to uh, kingcollinsgolf.com. Thanks, man. It was a lot of fun. Always great talking that, to you. That was great. Thanks, Anthony. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.